1: Hello and welcome to the Giants Splash Podcast. I'm John Shea, National Baseball Writer of the San Francisco Chronicle, and it's a perfect time to welcome the Giants Scouting Director, Michael Holmes, to break down the players he selected in the three years he ran the Giants drafts. Who's looking good? What's up with the top guys taken in this year's draft? And how does the Giants' versatility at the big league level translate on draft day? So Michael, uh, scouting director of the Giants, after a long time uh, stint with the Oakland A's, you've been with Farhan Zaidi the past three years, uh, leading the draft, and there have been some intriguing uh, draft drafts so far. I mean, you had the full 40 in 2019, and then because of COVID, you only had five picks in the 2020 draft, and then this year, 20 picks in the draft was right during the all-star break uh, held in denver so every year is a little bit different for you and i'm wondering how, how you adjust from year to year and uh because the game has changed and everyone has to change with the game but how how did that make your job different
0: well i think this year was an interesting year to navigate just because uh one the challenge of covid players uh over the last you know Calendar year, not having played as much, uh, not as many reps at bats, innings on the mound, uh, us not maybe being able to build some of the history we've we've been able to in the past with some of the players. Uh, but I, I thought as a whole, our staff overcame those obstacles, you know, really well, and we were able to we were able to get a lot of looks on on the players that we had interest in. I, I also think it was a challenge of the draft being pushed back from a date standpoint. Um, you know, having the introduction of the MLB Combine was a new a new twist to the draft, which I thought uh, went really well. MLB did a really nice job of putting that on and putting it together, and I uh, thought we got a lot of benefits from being there and attending that. So, um, I do think you know, every year presents itself new. Uh, it's obviously a new set of players. Uh, they can move the the, the date around, uh, the amount of rounds, the format, uh, but ultimately it kind of goes back to our scouting roots, evaluating players. Uh, I'm blessed to have a tremendous staff who's willing to make the adjustments uh, and work around whatever obstacles or challenges there are, and uh, uh, I think we did a really nice job with that this year.
1: Well, let's cut right to it. The 2021 draft, uh, obviously in the early rounds, was pitching heavy. Uh, We met Will Bednar at the ballpark. He and his family out of Mississippi State, Will Clark's alma mater. (laughs) Uh, And the the, the first, you know, several picks were were pitchers. Fordham uh, lefty, Mike Uh, Mikulski, and then uh, uh, Lehigh's Mason Black in the third round, Uh, a high school kid, Eric Silva out of Orange County, a right-hander in the fourth round, and then uh, uh, Rohan Honda out of Yale in the the fifth round. Well, first of all, where are those guys? Because none of them have appeared on Baseball Reference uh, pitching anywhere in the minor leagues.
0: Yeah, so, you know, one of the things you do when you draft pitching is you kind of have to take inventory of where each and every guy's at. And a lot of these guys hadn't thrown in a while. Some had, like Honda, who was comp- comp- pitching in a summer collegiate league. Obviously, Bednar, who pitched deep into the College World Series. Um, but a lot of these guys had some downtime. Uh, a lot of them probably needed some rest because they had some heavy workloads this spring uh, coming off of a shortened uh, 2020 season. Uh, so what we do is player development kind of starts to scratch with them, and uh, we like to put them through a little bit of a buildup. Uh, kind of assess where they're at, uh, work on some strength conditioning with them, get them back into shape, also kind of start over and kind of get them into some throwing programs and build-ups to get them ready for game game, uh, game situations. So um, I think those guys are close. Uh, I think we'll see them, uh, if, if not all, uh, most of them at some point before the end of the minor league season. Uh, but yeah, I, I mentioned to get them out there as well, but this is just kind of the way we're going to uh, uh, think about more of the... Uh, down the road picture instead of the immediate and try to make sure we get these guys careers off started to in the right direction
1: in this minor league season will be extended till uh, later in September as, uh, as opposed to late August uh, early September because it started so much later this year but um, are they all in Arizona at the facility
0: yeah so they're they're all in Arizona um, some of them are already on some active rosters out there. Uh, we have two teams in the uh, Arizona Complex League this year. Some of our later drafts have already made some appearances on those teams. But, uh, yeah, those guys are currently in Arizona working with player development. They're itching to get out. A uh, lot of excitement coming out of Arizona with some of these guys have been doing and uh, real anxious to see them out on the mound. And looking at the fourth-round pick this year, the high school kid, Eric Silva, sort of
1: reminds me of uh, Kyle Harrison, who, who was – who was a high school kid that you picked out of De La Salle last year. And like Harrison, uh, Silva was committed to UCLA, and you talked him out of it, gave him a couple extra bucks. Uh, I think his slot might have been 500000 He got more, more like $1.5. So, you know, money talks and great opportunity for the kid. I mean, was it a similar case in your mind, those two?
0: Yeah, you know, Eric was a guy who was really anxious to start his pro career. We had a lot of interest in him uh, dating back to last summer when we got to see him a lot on the showcase circuit and uh, see him quite a bit uh, all spring and especially down the stretch in the California playoffs. um, You know, we were fortunate we were able to get something done with him in the fourth round, have a little bit of money there to to overspend on him and get his career started. And, you know, he's an athletic right-hand pitcher with a four-pitch mix who can really throw strikes has velocity and has the ability to spin the ball so uh a guy that you know we're really excited about and think player development is going to be able to even uh uh take his stuff even a step forward
1: i i like i like the word overspend that's that's a compliment to him right
0: sure it is <laughs> i it, you know he we weren't the only team that had interest in him. we just felt fortunate that you know we were able to get something done
1: so your first draft with the giants you picked hunter bishop in the first round 10th overall and he's had a couple of detours in his career with the, with the COVID. I believe it was a shoulder injury this year. But how do you see his progress? He's 23, 23 years old and you know, center fielder. He, he was pretty impressive in spring training.
0: Yeah, Hunter's, you know, he's, he's faced some injuries here early in his career. And, uh, you know, my biggest message to him, and I think the whole, you know, player development's message has been to him, is just, you know, him getting healthy first and foremost. You know we know exactly what he can do on the field we believe in him as the player as the center fielder the ability to you know drive runs in in the middle of the order and um you know he needs at bats he knows that um but honestly for us it's just about him getting healthy and uh because we know what he can do on the field once he gets healthy so uh he's working really hard to get to that point and uh once he does you know i think uh once he gets back out he's going to be able to show what we know he can do
1: and that was your top guy in the 19 draft. Your top guy in the 20 draft, the catcher Bailey, NC State. Um, now, among the top guys drafted last year, and there were only five, um, who, who is furthest along? You, you have a you have a pitcher in Double A, right?
0: Yeah, RJ Dabovich, our fourth rounder last year at Arizona State. He's in Double A, um, and actually progressed pretty quick out of the shoot uh, and got to Double A probably about mid season. Um, pitching out of the bullpen, you know every stop he's made, but uh, you know been 97, 98, pretty much every time out uh, with a really you know plus breaking ball and ability to miss bats. He's he's really uh, racked up a lot of strikeouts this year coming out of the bullpen and showing some explosive power stuff. So basically, he's kind of um, been what we thought he would, be, would would he be, and we actually think there's more there, and uh, I think he's going to continue to move at a, at a pretty steady if, steady if not rapid pace.
1: We'll be back with more of Michael Holmes right after this quick break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy.
0: What do it doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions.
1: Yes! Uh, Gabe Kapler, Farhan Zaidi, emphasize versatility. There's not a guy on this team other than maybe Posey and Crawford and Belt who doesn't play multiple positions. Uh, and, And we saw Mauricio Dubon come up last year. But even Wilmer Flores, who was a shortstop everyday guy with the Mets, you see him all around the infield. And my question is whether on draft day, do you take that into consideration what they do at the major league level versatility and hey can this shortstop play center field or could this first baseman play left field could this catcher play anywhere else
0: yeah I think it's really hard early in guys careers to pigeonhole them into a major league position because a lot of these guys you know whether it's high school or college play in the middle of the diamond and by the time they get to the big leagues they're playing on the corners that's just kind of the natural progression uh as guys get bigger or stronger or they get older um, most guys in the middle tend to, you know, gravitate towards the corners. It's the special players like Crawford that stay in the middle of the diamond, you know, their whole career, and that's kind of what separates them. But you know, to answer your question, I, I think it's definitely something that that we're drawn to—guys that can play multiple positions, guys that create versatility on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I know it's obviously something that uh, gives Gabe and his major league staff a ton of options when it comes to. Uh, lineup construction and it gives Farhan and Scott and Jeremy a lot of options when it comes to major league roster construction so um, yeah it's definitely something we talk about uh, I think we probably take this guy that can play shortstop and play there his entire career uh, like a Brandon Crawford but I do believe uh, versatility on the defensive side of the ball is definitely something we're attracted to and it's definitely something that we tend uh, to you know consider highly when it comes time to draft.
1: Yeah, just looking back when hearing that answer, uh, the Giants have drafted a bunch of shortstops. You know, Panic was a shortstop. Duffy was a shortstop. Buster Posey played short in college. Brandon Belt thinks he can play shortstop. (laughs) But, uh, uh, yeah, I remember Brian Sabian saying back in the day that, hey, the more shortstops, the better. That's when he was a college coach, would always try to uh, bring a bunch of shortstops to that level. And I I assume it's the same all the way up. But uh, you you spent a lot of time with the A's. Could you – kind of cap your career as a player, uh, recap your career as a player and front office official in in the A's and how you might have met Farhan and and working for Billy and whether there's any real differences between the clubs.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I I was a player with the A's, not much of one, though. (laughs) Uh, Four years in the minor leagues and then uh, got a chance to coach in college for a few years at my alma mater, Wake Forest, so I, I chuckle when you talk about what Saves talked about, you know, getting as many short stops as you can because I, I kind of felt like we had the same philosophy in, in college recruiting in my short stint at Wake Forest. But uh, I, had the, I had the, you know, uh, ability to go back uh, and work for the A's in a scouting capacity. I started as an area scout, uh, moved up to an East Coast uh, supervisor, uh, national cross checker, assistant scouting director. So um, what a wonderful place it was. The, the people there were special. Um, Special organization Um, You know, learned a lot Through my time there from Billy Bean David Forrest, Eric Kubota uh, The whole crew, obviously Farhan and his time There when we were there together Um, Real close-knit group um, That really kind of believed in in the people And, uh, you know, my time There with Farhan uh, You know, really learned a lot from him And kind of uh, grew through a lot of the ways You know, he saw the game Um, And yeah, listen you know, when it comes to Major League, you know, roster construction, there's all, you're always trying to find players that can help the team. Uh, you know, you're trying to keep the bigger picture in play. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that were done in Oakland that, you know, are taking place here in San Francisco. But I also think you have to treat every situation uh, kind of separately and individualistic of itself. So, um, you know, Oakland was a special place for me. San Francisco, the three years I've been here, has been a special place so far. Uh, really excited about being here in the future as well.
1: Yeah, right on. I like the joke that the Giants are the A's, except with the ballpark and a little bit more payroll. (laughs) But uh, uh, maybe lastly, in your three drafts, is there, I guess you'd have to go back to the previous ones in 19 and and 20, to answer this question. But but who out there might have intrigued you the most, surprised you the most, uh, up and coming, maybe more than you expected, whether it's a high round pick or a low round pick, Somebody you're really proud of and, and uh, getting behind at this point.
0: Yeah, you know I'm probably like a like a parent. Uh, you try not to end, you know brag about just one kid when you have four of them. Uh, you try to treat them all equally. You know I'm equally as proud of every single one of our draft picks and uh, and I believe them as much. Believe in all of them as much as anybody, uh, and try to support them and help them throughout their careers as much as anybody. Um, I will say you know. I'm really, really happy. I'm not going to use the word proud because I'm proud of all of them, but I'm really happy for where Ryan Murphy's at this year, uh, mostly because I don't really feel like he des- he got the uh, recognition that he deserved coming you know, out of the draft as our fifth rounder. And he's gone out and done this year what I think we believed in him, what he believed in himself, and uh, now he's getting some recognition for it. So uh, really happy for Ryan and what he's done this year. And, and think he's just scratching the surface. But really happy for all our guys. You know, they they navigated a tough 2020, you know, extremely well. They came in 21 uh, stronger, uh, more focused, uh, really improved. And I think they've gone out and showed it this year uh, in 2021 and really excited about the future of all the guys.
1: And maybe I will ask one more, and that is how different is it for you? And are you okay with the draft coming at the All-Star break in mid-July as opposed to to early June where traditionally it's always been where you could get them out on the field quicker and uh, you know they're further removed from entering college or or whatever but you know how different is that for you?
0: Yeah you know we'll attack it no matter how they present it to us Um, you know early middle July early June no matter how it happens I think we'll make the adjustment Um, it was nice to get these guys out on the field and kind of into our system a little earlier but um, you know, the capabilities of being able to get them, kind of build them up like we're doing with the pitchers in this year's class has some benefits as well. So um, I think the jury's still out on, you know, where we're at as an organization, me personally, or even uh, baseball in general of when the draft falls. So we'll continue to allow the Major League Baseball office to make that decision. And then we'll just kind of uh, adapt moving forward. Wonderful stuff. Thanks so much, Michael.
1: Thanks for joining us on the Giants Splash Podcast and thanks to Michael Holmes for stopping by. We're down to the stretch run of the season, and be sure to check in with more upcoming podcasts as we race to the 2021 finish line.